Okay, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, well, that's not him. Today, we're going to be joined by Brian Passink, the color commentator for the Alabama Crimson Tide basketball team. Brian, how's it going today? Doing great. How are you? Oh, just ducky, getting excited about this game at Vanderbilt, where Alabama is a nine-point favorite. And I want to get into that, but I thought there was a very interesting question posed to you on Twitter. And I've got to I've got to ask it myself. I got to give Hunter Ledson the credit. But if you were in a basketball brawl, what would you pick up to swing at somebody? Would it be a stool or a wrench or a lead pipe or what would it be? Well, it's a great question because I'm often on the verge of brawls, so <laughs> I really need to think this through. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of tension on press row. Um, especially with opposing broadcasters. Sonny Smith and I have almost got into it on several occasions. And, <laughs> and I've, I've often thought, what can I pick up to, to take Sonny down? So, uh, no, <laughs> I, I, I mean, have not been in that situation. But uh, if, 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 uh, if I'm ever in that situation, I'll just depend on, on, on the guns uh, to, to, to take down whoever I need to take down. I have a feeling you would have at least said something like, hey, Antonio McDice, how about a little help? Listen, the one thing I know is um, I was always – this This isn't going to shock you, um, having known me for for a long, long time. I'm, I'm not provoking fights. If there is a fight, I'm probably running the other direction. Um, I'm jumping behind somebody big who likes me. Um, so that, that hasn't been an issue. Um, but I'll tell you this, you know, the, I, I've never seen anything like the Kansas, Kansas state game situation at the end. Uh, that was really, I mean, I know we're joking, but that was terrible and, and unfortunate for everyone involved, but I have seen a ton of fights in basketball, but never in public or in a game, they usually come in practice and I have yeah. seen, um, you know, a bunch of guys getting into it and, and a lot of punches thrown and, and guys have gotten hurt. I mean, it's, it's pretty intense uh, and, and tempers flare. And especially, I think, especially in practice, cause you're so sick of beating up on each other. And, uh, and so I've, I've seen similar things, but I've never seen anything like uh, what we saw last night in Kansas, Kansas state and uh, guys picking up chairs or um, stools and you know bench clearing uh just crazy situation and uh you know i know both coaches uh were upset embarrassed and uh hate that it happened i mean look it was a black eye for college basketball and sports in general literally and figuratively um just really a horrible situation and I've been listening to talk radio all morning as I'm actually driving to Tuscaloosa. And um, a lot of folks have said, well, you know, maybe that kid shouldn't have stole the ball. Um, and I'm thinking, you know, I, I mean, really, we're we're now victim shaming the, the guy who did nothing. He didn't really do anything wrong. I mean, he stole the ball from the guy. And the guy could have literally, instead of dribbling, just picked it up and the time would have run out. And um, And then – Man, the the Kansas player just it was it was rather sickening to watch him the way he acted 
the whole time. He actually pushed a dude off the bench, to I mean, off the stool, to grab the stool. Like, <laughs> he had to physically move somebody from the stool to grab it. It wasn't like the stool was just there. I mean, it was, it was really, really sad, and I hate it. But it does have some implications for Alabama in this sense that, of course, we play Kansas State next, and I feel quite certain several members of their team will probably be suspended, right? It looks like that could certainly be the case. And, you know, I, and, and I, I mean, I don't know what the, the right answer is. Um, I haven't studied the film, and I'm sure um, Big 12 officials will, and um, schools will look at that as well and determine suspensions. Um, you know, I, I hate it for Alabama. I, I don't, I don't want to play a, a Kansas State team that, that doesn't have all their guys. And I was, look, you know, still looking forward to that game. Uh, and this is the Kansas State team uh, under Bruce Weber that has had some highs and lows this year on the court. Uh, they coming off one of their best wins before the Kansas game against number 12 West Virginia, where they really took it to the Mountaineers. So um, still looking forward to that game. I hate that there probably will be implications, but you know, we go back a couple of years ago uh, where Alabama played Minnesota in Brooklyn and, you know, the famous three on five game where Alabama didn't have a bench clearing brawl, but you did have several players come off the bench, took really just a couple steps and not much of an incident, but by rule they're suspended for that game. And, uh, got kicked out. Now that was in the middle of the game. This is after the game, so not exactly sure what will happen uh, with suspensions. But um, you know, Alabama had to play that game with Colin Sexton, three three against five. Never seen anything like it. Uh, Alabama almost came back and won. I think if it was four on five, Alabama would have won. Three on five is a little much uh, to overcome against what was a top twenty team in Minnesota. Uh, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Saturday in the in the SEC Big 12, 12 Challenge, not only in the Alabama-Kansas State game, uh, but in in the Kansas-Tennessee game. Tennessee travels uh, to play Kansas, so uh, certainly they're going to have to be dealing with that as well. So this is going to impact the SEC in, in that challenge. Yeah, it will. And, and just what an odd year in college basketball all the way around. There's, there's nobody that looks like the um, the hunted. I mean, I can't name a team. I mean, I guess if you want to put Gonzaga there, that's fine. But they're about to be in a comp in conference play where we really don't know what they are uh, for a couple of months because the, of the conference they play in. It's not like they're in the ACC, SEC, Big Ten. Um, but you know, Duke lost two in a row. They had a big win last night, but they lost two in a row to two inferior teams. Um, I, I, at least I consider them inferior in terms of talent. Uh, you know, North Carolina's falling off the map. Uh, Ohio State looked like gangbusters out the gate. Now they, they can't buy a win, it seems like. Kentucky is not really Kentucky. Uh, it's it's a, a really interesting year. And I prefer to have a couple of teams like a UNLV uh, in the early 90s or a Duke. I mean, I prefer that myself. But um, some people like that there's so much parity, nobody knows what in the world's going to happen. Yeah, I think it makes it interesting. Um you know, and a team like Alabama who's playing well, if you can somehow get into the NCAA tournament, it's wide open because there's not a dominant team or dominant teams right now. I think Gonzaga should be the number one team in the country. Uh, saw them play in the Bahamas, and they're really, really good. But 
I wouldn't describe them as dominant. Um, they got handled uh, pretty easily by Michigan in the finals. Now, Michigan played incredibly well in the Bahamas. But Gonzaga is a team that could win a national championship, but I don't think anybody fears them like maybe some past top teams uh, going in, into the NCAA tournament like in years past, teams that you just desperately wanted to avoid in the first couple of weekends or the first weekend of the tournament. Uh, so it's going to be wide open, and it's going to make it exciting. And it makes now more important for teams to put themselves in a position uh, to get in the tournament, and, and hopefully uh, we're in the middle of seeing Alabama do that. Okay, let's get back to Alabama just for a second tonight, Vanderbilt. Um, gosh, it seems like it's been it's been a hot minute since Vanderbilt's won a conference game, and you don't want to be the team that finally uh, gives them the W. And I, I don't think this Alabama team will do that tonight. I think Alabama will pull this off. Um, but whenever we go to Memorial uh, Gymnasium, you know it's always a, a thing. I mean, it's not exactly our favorite place to play, even though we won last year. Uh, they have, they've lost their, their best player who was leading the SEC in scoring. Uh, what are your thoughts on tonight's game? Well, it's a huge game for Alabama, and it's an opportunity to get an SEC road win uh, against a team that I would describe as dangerous, but but not one of the better teams in the SEC, especially with Neesmith being out. Um, you know, they have not uh, played well in conference. Uh, they they lost a, a major contributor in the last couple of years. They've had some bad luck. They've had some near misses uh, at Memorial Gym, and uh, this has been a tough place for Alabama to play over the years. Uh, this team under NATO is playing its best basketball right now. Uh, I thought the, the win against Missouri was impressive because it, it was set up uh, for Alabama to stumble in that game. You, you come off uh, the biggest win of the year, one of the biggest wins in the last couple of years against your, your rival, uh, top five team coming in, and Alabama was able to handle Auburn by 19 in front of a sellout crowd, a lot of emotion. Uh, in that game. So for Alabama to, to come back and play a team that set an SEC record for 31 uh, free throws in a row, they made all 31 attempts and played well. They're, they're a tough team under Conzo Martin. So for Alabama to uh, play well defensively, uh, make shots, especially in the first half, and win by double digits in that game was impressive. And I, I thought the mindset of the team going into that game uh, was the difference, and I think that'll be the case tonight. You got to be mentally sharp, mentally ready to play. You can't look at Vanderbilt's conference record over the last couple of years. You can't look at the guys that that they have out, and especially Aaron Neesmith, and relax. This team has been playing well. You want to continue to get better, and I think that's why people are excited about this team is because you can clearly see progress being made. This team is getting better and better each and every game, each and every week and you don't want to hit a speed bump tonight in Nashville. Am I overreacting or, or being a little bit over the top here when I say, okay, relative to their respective seasons, um, Herb Jones' block Saturday, which was which he got called for a foul very erroneously to me, um, was almost equal to uh, George Teague's tripping Lamar Thomas in the 93 national championship game relative to their season. Now, again, I'm saying that, uh, yeah, I know the national championship game is more important, yada, 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 
But that block was as good a block as I've ever seen on a dunker tip in basketball. And it was clean. And when Doug Shows went to the replay booth, which he did to see if there was a flagrant foul, which makes it even more disgusting, I hope that he looked at that video and goes, oh, my God, not only is it not a flagrant, it wasn't a foul. Well, let's be honest. When Doug Shows went to the monitor, he was looking at himself to make sure his form on the on the call was correct. Uh, he, <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably what he was looking at. No, um, that was an incredible block uh, by the guy I think is the best defender in college basketball. Uh, I, I've not seen anybody in the country who can defend really all five positions at the level that Herb can. And I, I think Herb is putting himself in position to make a lot of money one day uh, in the NBA because uh, he is someone that that NBA scouts value because he can do things that most guys can't, uh, and that is guard five positions essentially, not at the NBA level, but he could probably guard four positions at the NBA level. Uh, his effort, his toughness, his basketball IQ off the charts. Now, he had a hyperextended elbow that really set him back offensively the beginning of the year. He went about a month where he couldn't shoot a basketball other than games, but uh, he, he wasn't able to shoot in practice because of the elbow situation and had a big brace on it. I uh, didn't see it because he, he, he's wearing a long sleeve t-shirt, but bulky brace dealing with that. Now that's getting better. He's healthier. He's able to practice. He's able to shoot. His offense is coming along, not quite to the level of where he is defensively, but getting much better on the offensive end. Uh, and it's one of the reasons why Alabama is playing at such a high level. Herbert Jones is coming into form playing like we hoped he would this year and, and maybe exceeded those expectations. Uh, and John Petty as well, who I think is the most improved player in the SEC. He could very well be, but your Herb Jones um, observation is pretty eye-opening to me because you're right. Nobody had said, nobody, I hadn't seen any mention of a brace or any, you know, ramifications from that hyperextended elbow earlier in the year, even though everybody knew he had it. Um, it seemed to me when he was shooting and, and, Let's call a spade a spade here. Herb Jones was missing dunks, missing, I mean, bunny layups that, you know, third graders make. He was missing all these things, and it felt like it was more of a confidence issue with him rather than an elbow issue. But knowing now that it could be at least at the time was partially due to something physical, it makes me feel a lot better. And uh, he has really come into his own offensively. It's not – he took a three against Missouri – and I, I wish he hadn't taken that. It didn't look good, and it wasn't good. Um, I'm not sure he's there yet to be, you know, have the green light to shoot threes John Petty style, but I, I think he's getting to where everybody's more confident. When he gets the ball in a position to score, people feel like, okay, we have a chance to score, whereas it used to be, I hope somebody's there to rebound. Yeah, and I think it's 100% due to injury. It may be partially – confidence issue just because he wasn't confident that his arm uh, strength was where it needed to be to shoot the ball but uh, that's getting better and Herb is a player that put in uh, just hours and hours in the gym shooting threes working on pull-up jump shots uh, really trying to improve himself on the offensive end and I saw him this summer and this fall and the improvements that he made offensively in shooting the ball were dramatic. 
Um, and we haven't had a, really a chance to see that because he hurt his elbow in the first game of the year, in the first 10 minutes of the game, and then went a month without being able to shoot the ball in practice. And just now he's, he's getting that back. He's able to practice and he's able to shoot. And, and he is someone that I think uh, they want him taking open threes. Now, uh, not going to force many if, if he's not, not open, but if he's open, uh, he was making those in practice before he got hurt. And if he could add that to, to what, L, what all LT can do on the floor, uh, he becomes one of the most dangerous players on both ends of the floor, which hasn't been the case over the course of his career. He's always been really good defensively. Uh, but I thought he'd have a breakout year on the offensive end. But that injury set him back. But now we're starting to see that a little bit more. One final thing, one guy that I think everybody's beginning to fall in love with a little bit is Beetle Bolden. He played a whale of a game against Missouri, I thought. Now, Missouri did drop the home game last night to Texas A&M. I'm not going to pretend this Missouri team is, is a group of world beaters. But I think this Alabama team, which had had a problem closing games, I mean, all you have to do is look at I mean, shoot, very first game of the year, we missed two free throws, which one of them would have taken us to overtime. The second one would have won it. Um, you look at Penn State, we had a nice lead in that game, uh, let it slip away. You look at uh, Florida, obviously everybody loves to point to that game where we're up 21 and still find a way to lose. But this team has started to find a way to win and to keep teams at bay when they get a lead. And I think a lot of that is due to Beetle Bolt. Yeah, I agree. He's Alabama's only senior. Uh, the graduate transfer from West Virginia and, and plays with kind of that Bob Huggins uh, edge, especially defensively. He, he's so aggressive on both ends of the floor, and especially with Quinterly not being eligible. Uh, he, he, Bolden is such an important part of this team to be able to come in and play a little backup point guard. He can, um, you know, he, he can play the shooting guard as well, bring so much toughness. Uh, to this team, and, and that's, to me, been the difference in this team over the last 10, 11 games is, is their their toughness, their ability to get stops, their improvement on the defensive end, and that's something that Beetle Bolden takes a lot of pride in. So, Brian, thank you for taking a few minutes with us today. Appreciate that. J Jimmy Stein is usually with me. Obviously, he's tied up or he's got, you know, he literally has a Tandy 2000 computer, and so you never know if the hamster in that wheel is going to die on him and and his computer is not going to work so we're not really sure what happened with him today but that's okay glad to have you here and uh we will catch up with you after the vanderbilt game sometime and, and appreciate your your time today always enjoy being on with you appreciate you having me all right that was brian Pasick with the alabama color commentator and hopefully alabama will bring home a big win roll tide everybody and thanks for being with us